All right, guys. I appreciate you coming on. It's our Thank pleasure. Mike, Dave, thank you very much. Atlantic PT, uh, I've heard a lot of great things about you guys from uh, your good friend Bosch. Tommy uh, Bosch. Yeah, he, he's an animal, that guy. I just met him over the last year. Seems like a really good dude. Good stories about that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, and Tommy White ha has spoke very highly of you guys and did a little research myself. And I appreciate you guys coming on. I know you're busy. Um, coaching tonight right before you came over. <laughs> yeah, it came from a little league base baseball game. So, a uh, little homework. Um, this, this podcast really is about spotlighting the local business owners. Guys like yourself who have come up locally. You're both TR guys. You now live in Wall. Um, you have grown over the last 20 years together as brothers, which is really impressive in itself, um, to 29 total locations. Um, cheers to you guys, dude. That's, that's really impressive. That's hard to do. Um, and again, I really appreciate you guys taking your time. So I want to lead with um, whoever wants to answer this. How'd this all get started? I know you and I briefly spoke about your injury. If you want to kick it off with that. Yeah, but, uh, the PT, PT for me, I'm a physical therapist. I got into it, tearing, tore my ACL playing basketball in college, had the surgery, went to PT day one. I knew that was going to be my career. And then, uh, you know, get through grad school, come out, working a job for a couple of years for a great boss. Um, kind of knew I wanted to go out on my own, but had no idea how. And, and Dave, by then, had come out of school. He was working his first job. Uh, and in that role, he was billing and getting authorizations for um, you know, medical services. So, so he was getting that experience while I was getting clinical experience. And then, and then one day, we just kind of talked about it and like wait a second I could do the PT you could figure out how to get us paid for it and what went through your mind at that point right because I'm always trying to pull nuggets out of the people I'm interviewing what went through your mind and what gave you the confidence to go and do that because I think so many people if they just get 50 cents more they stay in this grind that's really really difficult you know to work for people is hard yeah you don't have the same flexibility you know as a coach and somebody who has 29 locations not that you guys don't work extremely hard, but if you want to go see your son's practice or your daughter's practice, you're able to go do that as a business owner. Working for somebody you don't, what gave you the confidence and the faith to go and jump into this? What did you say, Pops? Yeah, talk about, talk about our grandfather. Well, our grandfather, is uh, he was kind of our inspiration, I guess, all growing up. So our grandfather had a business in Elizabeth, New Jersey. <clears throat> Actually, his father started a business in Elizabeth, New Jersey. In 1910. 1910. Damn. And uh, two of our uncles still run that business today. Really? That yeah. many generations 112 later? 112 years. Yeah. My, my great, wow. Our great-grandfather ran it. Then what is the business? We've got to give him a shout out. It's called Maffey's Lock and Safe Company. Wow. And uh, so we used to spend a lot of summers down in Long Beach Island at Pops Beach House. That was your grandfather. That was yeah. our grandfather. And uh, he just always talked about work being the joy of life. Mm. And uh, he worked his ass off, and uh, so he but was. He loved always, what he did. He did. He loved. He had. I just remember he had these hands that were like gloves. He used to. They started a company as a. They were grinding knives, walk pulling a horse and buggy down the streets of Elizabeth, and uh, so he always knew how to grind knives. But then he went to locksmith, then he went to high tech security, and that business has evolved. But I just always remember our grandfather always just working. Yeah. And, uh, 
We spent a lot of time with him at his place down in LBI. Is Pop still alive? In the summer. No, he passed away. He was 96 years old, though, when he passed yeah. away. Still years. Years. strong as hell with those big-ass paws. Yeah, but big mitts. Yeah. That's, that's great, though. So, yeah. that, so I would say that, that was our inspiration. Like, Pop had a business. Pop used to work so hard. We can do it. And uh, stars kind of aligned. He was working PT. Opened a couple clinics for his, his old boss. And I, was, and I knew some medical billing. I thought I did. I thought yeah. I knew medical billing. And I thought I knew accounting, right? And uh, so we said, why don't we give this a shot? And we found a location that worked well. Uh, it was right next to an orthopedic group. Um, so we kind of started there, and it worked worked great. And so we were, were off and running. We were both single. I'm, you know, not married yeah. at the time. No kids. No. A little know, bit more freedom. Uh, we could take a swing, yeah. you know. And I think squirreled away a couple dollars. You know, still living like. Like we lived in college. Yeah. PBJs, so, yeah. ramen noodles. When you say a couple dollars, because I want people who are watching to say, all right, what's a couple dollars? What can get me started? How much did you guys have squandered away at the time when you launched something? Well, we took a loan. We took a loan for $50,000. Mm -hmm. Now this is 2001, so yeah. different time, but you know everything's equivalent. But um, I expected I wasn't going to be able to get paid for probably six months is what I kind of figured. Mm -hmm. So... I think at that time I had put away maybe five, six thousand dollars, and yeah. I knew that that could get me through my living situation and, and sacrificing over here, so you can yeah, you know, short-term pain for long-term gain. Mm -hmm. And there was definitely times in the beginning where you know we kind of we had a line of credit lined up that backed up that loan, yeah, just in case. Just in case, but it, I think in both of our minds we didn't want to touch that line of credit. That would have felt like a loss, and and it got to the razor's edge of having to tap that line and we got like a couple payments came it in. It always does, dude. And we knew nothing <laughs> about mindset at that point, but I think I think it somehow, you know, played into it. We just didn't know it. And so I, I, I have I have uh, I don't want people to feel I have severe ADHD, so if I jump around too much, you don't don't get <laughs> we'll mad. jump with you. So far <laughs> good. so good. <laughs> so you, you talk about mindset, you know, so again, something else, you know, people need to understand that are going into business that you got to stay focused on that long-term vision. And even when you're having those tough times and you're sitting there going, this bill came in, like, like, right, for me every year, it's like the tax bill. It's like, all right, I've saved for this, but you're like, you know, and you know that you have things coming in. You know that you're running a successful business. Talk about your mindset and how you guys work through those things early on. Yeah. Well, then it was early on. It was work, 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 and Mike and I had. I was still kind of working my other job, so I had. I had some income. He's the one that gave up the income, right? Mm -hmm. So more risk. It was fine for me to not get paid because I had some income, and I honestly, I think I was still living at home at that point in time, so I didn't really have expenses. Mm -hmm. Luckily, right? But it was it was him, and he, you know, as soon as we got some money in, we got him a check, and we kind of kept track of like if he was getting paid, how much he should have gotten, mm -hmm. right? And then as money kept coming in, okay, we, right, let, let's give you, give Mike a little bit more. Let's, let's try and catch up. And then money kept coming in. It was like, okay. We filled start, the ears. Starting yeah, to come but, in. Yeah. Yeah. And, we, and then we finally caught up there. And, and, we're, and, then that, and we got to a point where I had to kind of give up the other job because I was busy, right, and busy here. And then it was like, okay, well, at that point, we had enough money to pay me that I could give up the other job. And as long as I could make what I was making at the other job, I, was, I felt like I was whole, mm -hmm. right? And then... Uh, I, think we, I think at that point in time, neither of us had a clue about 
about w even what mindset was. Yeah, it was yeah. just, it was hard work, work, you know. And the, and if you got scared about something, we just that would just work even harder, harder yeah. than you didn't even know that you could work that <laughs> the anxiety hard, you know? just pushes you. that's yeah. what, that's kind of how how it worked and i think fear the, of failure fear of failure was the was the motivator yeah. and and you know we're both kind of alphas and and athletes and so like you just put your head down you're not gonna lose you know so the first the first time i ever encountered somebody that that pushed me to think a little differently was this pat croce i don't know if you ever heard of pat croce he was a pt mm -hmm. he um was very successful opened up a bunch of places sold them made a lot of money and leveraged all that and became a minority owner of the philadelphia 76ers and a patient randomly coming to me he was a cameraman for nba and on nbc at the time he's like oh and i was reading pat croce's book because we weren't that busy you know so uh he goes you want to meet that guy i'm like oh my god yeah, i'd love course. to meet that guy <laughs> brings brings me in and uh my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, brings us in. We he he sets us up. Pat Croce comes off the set because he was he was now like a uh, like in the studio for NBA, and uh, he brings him over and he's and, and he introduces me to Pat Croce and he's like, "This is my PT. Remember my rotator cuff pair? He's the guy who's doing my PT. He owns his own place." Pat Croce's like, "What's your goal?" I'm like. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> survive. To, to, to survive. Upgrade from PBJ. Survive, you know? yeah. <laughs> He's like, how many visits do you want to have in yeah. uh, in a week? Map it and out. I'm like, a hundred? A hundred? I don't know. He's like, that's wrong. I'm like, what? what's wrong? You know? He's like, be specific and anchor to that and focus on it and you will get that. And I'm like, oh my God. And then he just like buzzed off. And, and uh, you know, for me, that was... The first time I was like, he didn't have time to tell you anything else. No, he was just shooting no. the real shit with you. But that was enough, you know. That was enough just to be like, all right, I need to set a goal and just charge at that goal and not accept anything but that goal, and then you hit it, you know. And yeah, mapping goals out are uh, are funny, right? Because you could throw out, I want to make a half a million. All right, well, what are the sub goals? How do you get there? Yeah, right. with the duration of time that you you allot yourself to get there. Um, so I think that's something a lot of small business owners fail to do because they get caught up in the concept and the look and the feel of whatever their business is. And it's like, well, you need to map out a real business plan. Yeah. Um, I think, I think also something that we've learned as we've kind of dove deeper into mindset and <clears throat> is map the goal out, set the target. So you have kind of a destination that you're aiming towards knowing that you know, stuff's going to come and you're going to get a little bit knocked off course. But you, as long as you have a destination, you, you can arrive there. But but don't just like put it out there, but believe it. Yeah. And, and don't kind of write it down and believe you're not going to get mm -hmm. there. And and I think many of us are guilty of kind of our own self-doubt. Yeah. That peels us back. But but when you kind of like really know that Immerse you can yourself that, in that. Feel, feel what it feels like that I'm there already, it's almost, it's going to happen, you know? I talked about it on the last episode with the young kid, Trevor, that we mentored, and I talked about The Secret. Yeah. Now, people make fun of that book, but at the time, it helped me lose 100 pounds. I was kicked out of high school. I got my GED. I went back, went to finance school, got my investment licenses, and, like, it completely turned my life around. Yeah. And I remember the book, you know, talking about simple things, like, you know, Visualize yourself holding the steering wheel of the car you want to drive. Not that cars ever mattered to me, but yeah. 
things like that. And I started to live in that mindset. Yep. And uh, and as you grow, you still, like you said, you still run into self doubt. Absolutely. Because you run into different problems that you got to now solve, um, and your life changes. As you guys both know, you have a good amount of children yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and wives that work very hard to take care of them, so you guys could run a big business. Yeah. And uh, it's it's hard counterbalance in all that. So just to stay in that that feeling of getting to where you want to go, I think is so big. Um, when you talk about a business of your size, right? You have 29 locations. Um, first off, you guys looking to add more? Yeah, there's yeah. a couple more coming on in the next maybe three months. How many more are you looking to bring on? There'll be three more. Three more by the end of the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'll get into that a little bit more. I'm jumping off track. You guys have how many total employees between staff, PT, OTs? We're around 200 now. Yeah, right? I think about 190. 190. Um, how do you manage something of that size? Again, going back to you never worked in a corporate setting. Yeah. You never worked in a real corporate setting. You know, I think the one good thing about corporate America is if you can go do it for seven to ten years and, and work hard at it and learn some of the infrastructure, how do you manage 190 people? It's our team. Yeah, it's a team. I mean, there, there's two parts to it, right? It's the people, right? And then it's the management of the business, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, for us, I mean, we grew through a lot of it, right? Explain At, that, though, the management of the business and the people, someone who may not know. Right, so we have, if you look at our hierarchy, right, we now have, we now, when I say now, within the last four or five years, we've built out our, what we would call the executive team. Mike acts as a CEO. I act as like the CFO. We have a, a COO now. We have a chief clinical officer, CCO. Um, so it's not always been that. You know, for years it was Mike and Dave just kind of doing everything. Yeah. And takes away from your personal life a lot. For sure. For yeah, sure. and we're not good at everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. there are people who have strengths that are now sitting in the seat that that leverages their strength, and they're way better at that role than Dave or I ever were. And the company has changed as we, I think the biggest thing for us was, was delegation, figuring, figuring out, letting go a little bit. Swallowing yeah. your ego, right? Yeah. You're the owner of the business. I know all. Right, right. It's, yeah. uh, it's easier if I just do it, you know? Yeah. And, and that was. Meanwhile, we're butchering, right? And, our, butchering <laughs> and they're sitting there like, all right, this guy yeah. thinks he knows. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. It's kind of like you get out of the way and you give somebody that opportunity. They they feel empowered, and mm -hmm. then, like Mike said, you know they end up doing a better job than what you were doing. But you, then you can focus more on big picture things yeah. too. And what you're you know you're visionaries, and you guys like you said you you both have different roles, but still 190 people. I get you have an executive teams. I want to grab uh, deep nuggets, and I'm going to keep coming back to that. Talk about some of the systems and operations that are put in place. Talk about maybe some of the softwares, the CRM. Talk a little bit about that. You want to talk about like the way we, the way the levels are of the staffing, right? Yeah. So a good example is yesterday we had a, a quarterly leadership meeting. So the leadership meeting is going to have each each individual location has a clinical director. It's going to be a PT or an OT maybe, um, who runs that center. All of them are in the room or virtual, um, the head of billing and uh, the head of 
marketing and physician liaisons and the HR director and the controller and you know everybody who's in a position of lead mm -hmm. throughout the company we all come together quarterly there we'll do a little bit of kind of um, motivational stuff some team building and and everybody kind of reports in so that that group is all on the same page this is what's coming this is where we were this problems is, we're having wins we're having then then from there they'll go out into their individual departments or locations and and they're gonna have a, a monthly meeting with their team individually now kind of like structurally you have the clinical director who's running that office um, then there's an area director who's going to oversee maybe five offices who sat in that clinical director role and was very successful in that role so they're kind of mentoring those individual clinical directors then the chief operations officer is meeting regularly with the area directors and then if you know and then then the chief operations officer and myself are, are meeting regularly and then at any point though, and, and I'm still treating patients mm -hmm. you know it's which I think I love it's what why I got into it but you do it when you want to do it now well sometimes when we're stretched <laughs> that necessity I'm yeah. like right now we're stretched a little bit you know we've been extremely busy we went from extremely slow during the, the heat of COVID to extremely busy and there's just not enough professionals or, uh, you know that, that we've been able to add yet so yeah hiring struggle for everybody <clears throat> everybody everyone's yeah. having the same problem so um, but it keeps me connected to the team too. Yeah, keeps your to finger the, on yeah. the pulse. And I, yeah, and and pops didn't stop grinding knives. No, he was still <laughs> in there. He loved yeah. it. That's pops that's true. Don't don't pops was it's always in, in there for it's a in reason. Us. Work it's is us. the joy of life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> work is the joy of life. I I, I want to drill down a little bit more though on like the softwares, right? Mm -hmm. You're yep. you're giving us the hierarchy, um, and that is super helpful. But like. What are some of the things that you guys are, and, and it doesn't even have to be specific to um, your industry, but what are some of the things that you guys are utilizing to communicate? Um, Microsoft to Teams. Teams. Teams is the platform that we communicate through and, and hold a lot of our meetings. Um, WebPT is industry specific to us, but that's our electronic medical record. Mm -hmm. um, so is there something you could drop down on, let's just say you want to see what the Monroe location did today, yeah, you have oh, the yeah. ability to dive in there. Yeah. So we, we run an operations budget. It's a, it's an Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty advanced Excel spreadsheet. We run a, one of those for every clinic, right? Mm -hmm. And that sets targets. We set that in the beginning of the year, and it sets all of our operational targets, right? It says what our goals are for visits, new patients, uh, our staffing metrics, mm -hmm. uh, our productivity, how busy or not busy we want the therapists to be so they mm -hmm. can provide a good a good product for, for the patients yeah. so they can bill appropriately so we can get paid appropriately yeah you're critically uh, thinking about a lot of different things so so we have the, our operations budgets right and they roll up they they kind of all tie into a, a roll up that shows all the clinics mm -hmm. you know targets versus actual versus budget right and that's on the operational side and we also have a financial budget which is a a, a budget versus actual for, for each of yeah PL built each off of the, of the operations <laughs> budget. they all kind of tie together and we look at that every week it's that's released every week for all the directors to see so they can see how they're performing towards their budget mm -hmm. and then we look at the pro profit and loss on a monthly basis you know we close out every month and we run a separate profit and loss statement for every single location yeah are they all separate LLCs or no. We have all no. LLC. Yeah. Have you guys ever thought about doing it all as separate LLCs? 
We, well, we do have one <coughs> partnership with uh, with a hospital system in uh, one soon to be three of our locations where we're partnered up with the hospital. So that's a separate LLC. It runs as an Atlantic Physical Therapy, but it's also a partnership with yeah, the hospital. Yeah, DBAS. Okay. I'm just curious, you know, yeah. a lot of times, you know, just segregate it just for liability purposes. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of guys in real estate do that. For, for us, uh, having that one LLC is important uh, in our model because that's where the insurance contract resides. The leverage. So we use that, that's one contract with the insurance company. Is it beneficial to have one versus 29? I, I was going to say, I'm sure there's, there's workarounds. There's, work around, there's yeah. workarounds yeah. where you can get a contract and probably have one company manage it and all that. But Probably adds additional admin. Yeah, that, sits, that, but that, that contract sits with the one LLC. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Also going with the um, different softwares, our EMRs has kind of solved some of the problems. Like we can study our clinical outcomes. They bought a outcomes is yeah. electronic <laughs> medical record. Mm -hmm. So they bought a, a company that does outcomes and embedded it within the medical record. So that's easy for us to track our clinical outcomes. And then they have a reach platform, which is kind of a patient engagement. It's like a CRM. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it sends out, it's automated. So like two days after your evaluation is completed, it's automatically going to send you and we're going to get an NPS score from you. Like how, how likely are you to refer a friend or family member to us? How are you feeling? Yeah. So we, so we get that feedback on the service side and we get feedback on the clinical side of how are we doing in getting you better versus the national average of getting people better. So that's almost like an old school car, I know it's all digital now, but a car mechanic book. You need a transmission that's going to take uh, 12 hours and this is what it should be billed at. In your world, that's kind of saying, hey, here's the average of how fast or how you should solve this person's clinical issue? Yeah, so like if you go to us with your upper extremity problem, you're gonna get a 68% uh, improvement. If you go to the other places across the nation, on average, you're gonna get a 54% improvement. We, yeah. we, we get that information, that's on the clinical side, but then the NPS score is, it's kind of a universal si scoring system. If you went to TGI Fridays, you came to us, and it, you'll get asked that same question over and over. And, and it aggregates the responses. And we know if, if, you, are, if you give us a 10, you're a promoter. You're mm -hmm. out there going, this place is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You gotta go there, you gotta go there. If you give us you know, a seven or lower, you're a detractor. Mm -hmm. You might be like, I don't know about that place. But we're alerted right away up front if you're a detractor. Now what will you do to try to get to that person? So now we're gonna connect with the director of the facility where that interaction happened and say, hey, what happened there? Did you have a sense that something didn't go right? And, and then they or the therapist who was the uh, provider will reach back out to that patient and say, you know, where did we miss the mark? Like, you know, yeah. obviously, how do we I help you? Yeah, we didn't give you what you were expecting, and and how can we, you know, better that? You know, like, come on back, let me get you back in here so we can, you know, help you achieve your goals. You know. See, and the reason I ask these types <coughs> of questions is because these are the things we don't really think about when we're launching a business, and we yeah. didn't, yeah. especially when you 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 scale, mm -hmm. you start to run into these problems, and then you're like, shit, how do I solve them? Yeah, you don't need yeah. to solve yeah. a problem until you know you have a problem, right? right? And I think a lot of times these types of things, we don't think about it as revenue producing activities, but they really are oh, for, yeah. for many reasons. Number one, you want to make sure your patient got the right care, right? Mm -hmm. You guys seem like great dudes. You want to do the right thing by your patient. You need to make money. Mm -hmm. you're, you're paying all of these people to help the patient. And then, and then we don't want to burn out our staff either. Yeah. 
right? And we and that's one of our, one of the metrics we track is that productivity, mm-hmm. which says how many patients they're treating per hour. And inevitably, if, it, if that number gets too high, then then that ther- that we're asking that therapist to do too much, yeah. and then it's going to ultimately affect the the, the product the product anyway. Yeah. So we we actually have gone through a process of making the therapist less busy wow. over time, which has made them happier, which has made the patient happier. And which has allowed us to bill more appropriately and get reimbursed for the services that we And provide. get a better clinical outcome. For and get a better outcome, client, yeah. which is our product. Which makes See, people but those, more, but makes those more systems, to me, like other people may be like geeking out now watching us at this point, but like that's, that's cool shit. Because in my world, I mean, the systems I have in place, you know, I can't talk much about my finance business. Compliance hates me. But even in this whole system that Evan and I have built, you know, there's an ecosystem. You download our ebook, you get this email sequence that's coming out to you that pitches you over to the coaching. Mm-hmm. And then I have a metrics in this active campaign that's saying, hey, we, hey, 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 we saw that you read all these. Yep. Why didn't you opt in over here? You know, yeah. or what's going yeah. on similar to, you know, your guys' MPS system. Um, and those things are, are extremely important, even to the small business owner guy who maybe Absolutely. owns a donut shop, may not be the same exact systems or as many needed. Um, but I think those types of back-end things in the small business space are overlooked a lot, and you guys are obviously yeah, and, and doing well at it. You know, to, to retain the client is a lot less expensive than to acquire the new client, mm-hmm. right? So if you're... You guys track all that, too? How Acquiring. much leakage or... Yeah. 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 So, and we, you know, we want our aim, and we charge hard for it is we want to wow everybody at every interaction and every interaction is an opportunity to win you know so and it's hard you know hey listen life is stressful and people have good days and bad days but you, you we got to be able to kind of adapt yeah. corral yeah you know but, and, and i think a lot of times and i and i talk about this with with um my good friend aj a lot and i know you guys know aj uh, yeah. he's a great dude great guy you know, I think a lot of times in the medical space, it's like almost frowned upon, you know, and, and, and back circles of MDs I know. And, you know, these guys are all business owners. They're owning surgery centers. You know, the cash register's going over here. The cash <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's a business. Capitalism, you know, creates the best things on the planet. Absolutely. And the U.S. creates the best healthcare system <laughs> because of your ability to have success. So, you know, kudos to you guys for coming on the show and talking about your systems and talking about wanting to be extremely successful and what people who maybe would judge in saying that or the or the medical professional who's thinking i can't talk about it you're not paying attention because you guys are going to get to the goals you want to get to for you your family your employees through helping your patients really well that's it you're you're, you nailed it right there it all comes down to the interaction between therapists and patient and if we have that right the rest of it will take care of itself, but there's a lot that goes into having that interaction right. Yeah, and, absolutely. And understanding your client, what is what do they need? So I want to talk a little bit about revenues. And again, I think for a lot of people, they may hesitate on talking about those things because they don't want people to know <laughs> what they make and what they do. Um, we've talked about that briefly before. As a, as a medical business, you can only get to your goals if you create good care. And you guys are obviously doing that with 29 locations and adding more. Um, what are the total revenues that you guys are doing currently? Your well, we're, we're, we're hoping to finish this year around 20 million in revenues. That's amazing. And we had a little rough start with the whole Omicron thing in January, but that, that's, the, that's the goal. Yeah. 
And what was your first five years? Oh, God. Oh, I, I think I think at the end of five years, maybe we had three locations. Yeah. Maybe four locations. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we were doing million and a half or mm -hmm. two million. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's a good amount of growth. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know how like your mind stretches, like you know you hang around with your buddy who's like uh, killing it, yeah. and you just, and then you're like, wow, you know, like maybe, maybe, maybe it's possible. It. He's a clown. Wow, yeah. you can do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like you see the guy hammering on bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what people say about me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just you stretch a little bit, and then you stretch a little bit. More. You learn. You make a lot of mistakes. And we're 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 thieves. We go to the conferences and we talk to all all the people from doing what we picking do. Picking brains and picking brains and love to be inquisitive and ask questions. I think for for a while, certainly for me, I was like I wouldn't ask the question because I didn't want to reveal like what are. I didn't know. Yeah. And now That's, I'll ask the question because I just I need to know. You know, you need to know, and guess what? That person on the other end is so excited to tell you. Oh, for a hundred percent. They are so excited to tell you because people who worked hard, I, I do it myself. That's why, right. selfishly, part of this coaching and this fireside, is for me to tell my story. Whether it's to feed my ego in a good way, yeah, or whatever it is, I want to share. Like, dude, I started here as an idiot. Yep. I'm still an idiot here, but like, look what I learned along <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah, totally. yeah. And, and talk about conferences a little bit. That's another good nugget. I, I spent my first seven years in the finance space. You know, Capital One, I think my, my maximum was like 3000 at the time, you know, like swiping on the credit card. And the information I would get there easily, easily made me 20 grand a year. So spend three to make 20. Yeah. Um, Talk about spending money on your education years after college has been done. Yeah, and we talk about it with with the younger members on our team. It's like that when when you enter the field, you're kind of like safe that you're not going to hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much you're going to help somebody. Yeah. And and so then it's the continuing education you layer on top. But then for for us when we go out to these conferences and. You know, maybe if you're sitting with somebody, and for us anymore, we're an open book. We'll talk to anybody. We'll talk to our competitor down the street and, and pretty much just talk openly. I don't, I don't know, maybe because we're just older and, and we don't, there's enough to go around. There's like enough to Everybody's going to do well. Most people aren't going to well. take action either. No. But like when you go to these conferences, it's such a, a, you know, you're talking to somebody who's doing what you're doing in California. They, even if they're not, me, even if they would tend locally to, to guard it, they want to give you the information. They want to tell you what they're doing well. Mm -hmm. And then you can take that information home and, and act Implement upon it. it. And you develop relationships. And it's another person to go to when you're struggling with something. Hey, what are you doing with this? And, I mean, it's been invaluable to us, the relationships that we've developed across the years. There's, there's one specific conference we go to every year. It's actually put on by our EMR. We were talking about EMR earlier. It's by the EMR company in that one, I mean, we go to other conferences too, but that's that, a physical therapy business conference. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. not specifically so it's not clinical. clinical. It's There's some clinical there, but it's business too. And then it's just the people that are there. We've, like Mike said, we've developed relationships. We have a, f a friend that, that this guy in Kentucky, <clears throat> Stephen Huntsman, 
Hansmann. Uh, I would love if he was watching this. Uh, we've he become, will watch it. Send it to him. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're going to send it Steven to him. Stephen, fly in. We'll have you well, on, too. Stephen is our de facto CEO, in case right. you were wondering. <laughs> need he actually replaced Mike about seven years ago. <laughs> I partied too hard at one of the nights, and he, he swooped <laughs> he in. He swooped him in. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we met him, I don't know, 10 years ago, and he's a great example. And we've watched his success through the years. And he's now, he was working for a small PT clinic like ours, I don't know, 10 years ago. And his clinic was acquired by a bigger company and he's worked his way up the chain and now he's the, com the chief compliance officer for a 1200 clinic practice in the biggest, the biggest private play outpatient physical therapy practice in the country, Stephen Huntsman. And he's like one of our best friends and somebody that we always look forward to seeing and you're able never, to pick his brain. Never would have met him. Never would have met him. Weren't at these conferences. Yeah. And, yeah, and we pick his brain. He's all. He's so uh, interested in what we're doing and how and how we're doing it and where we're going and and it it's just he he's just a special person that. And it's so funny this, yeah. at those conferences too. It, <clears throat> it could be a conversation over bourbon. It's not even Absolutely. in the oh, classroom. No, no. Oh, it, more of it happens, I think, outside at, of the classroom. At the, the bar, because yeah. you're able to sit there and pick yeah. the other people's yeah, brains instead of the one presenter on stage. I don't care if you're making, you know, moo-moos. I don't care yeah. if you're into candles, finance, health and care, whatever it may be. People need to go and get around other professionals. Yeah, and Develop build relationships. relationships. And if you, if you can help someone in the industry, well, then, like, the, you know they say the rising tide lifts all boats. A hundred percent. That's that's the way it's always been for us. It's like if we can help other people, then that's awesome. I I just met for so our Jackson office is one of the offices we're working on right now, and I joined the uh, Jackson Chamber of Commerce. Me and our marketing director, and I was at a breakfast the other day, and it was actually really cool. I met a girl, uh, who I'm actually who's going to be coming to our office on Friday, who just started a home care physical therapy company young girl so passionate awesome therapist i could just tell because everything she was saying was everything that these guys say and uh you know we don't do home care therapy and she just started the company and and our it's she's coming in to meet our to, to meet our uh call center we have a call center and like i said we don't do home care therapy and, I, and i'm excited to introduce her to our call center girls how who, much do you want to help that girl who get the calls right who get the calls and people asking do you guys do home care therapy what and is the name of her company do you know do you remember uh, and i'll put you on the spot it's julie green uh pivon or python julie green we're talking about you we're thinking about you yeah I, i'm excited to help her and i told her we're an open book like anything we can help you with we can help with. We reconnected after the meeting. We texted, and I'm excited to, to help That's her because awesome. her passion was just awesome. And I'm excited you feed for off her future. It. Yeah, totally. It's almost like some energy pump back into you because you remember being in that position. Yeah. Talk about your call center. We didn't talk about that before. How large is the call center, and what what does so so call center is actually it's actually two full time employees, and what they do is uh, we have like a new patients. We have a new patient hotline. So a new patient calls in. And say you, you, know, you live in Bayhead, Point Pleasant. <laughs> Point Pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> but say the call comes in, and, and you you call the call center, and you want to get into our Route 88 office, you know, two two miles down the street, you would call in Tam or Sydney, awesome girls. They would they would do the intake. They would set you up if if say for instance brick didn't that brick office didn't have an availability, 
within five hours and you had a, an and acute, you, yeah, you had bad. something acute, your back was all jammed up. Well, then they would, what they would do is they would try and coordinate you and say, okay, well, our wall office is 10 minutes away. Why don't you go to the wall office because we have an opening there. Mm -hmm. And then they'll, they'll take all of your information, get you queued up, have you set up, so then basically you just show up at the wall office and the, the wall office manager will greet you and everything's ready to go. It's, that's, that's, that's an, again, Another, yeah. Yeah, yeah, another customer service piece as you grow mm -hmm. that you probably ran into that problem. Like, well, the, the manager's already, their plate is full. Well, we want, the we want that person sitting at the front desk <clears throat> to receive you more on a concierge kind of level. Mm -hmm. And if they're on the phone with the insurance company, like yeah. verifying benefits yeah. and trying to schedule you. Yeah. and this, it, They hate you know, life. So there was a calculation on how much time is being spent on getting those benefits and, and how did you do that calculation on your side <laughs> of the business like well we just we just kind of tested out and we said how long does it take to take the call from the patient right and call on the insurance were you sitting there with a timer stopwatch coach pretty much coach <laughs> <laughs> uh so we had we had a really good idea of what the average time it was to to take Smart. that call and to and to uh get the benefits and set up set up that patient so we said, okay, well, we're doing X many new patients per week. And we said, okay, well, in a 40-hour week, if we have two people that are doing it, then we think we can cover the, the need, right? And, and, and we dedicated the call You center. always have to create the, the need. It's like, well, what it's, is, are we covering mm -hmm. a need? Is it's, it going to be yeah. beneficial? And yeah. it's working backwards, right? We knew what the new patient volume was coming in, and we said, okay, well, let's start here. How long is it going to take for each of those new patients to get booked? Okay. Did you do a calculation on how much you were losing because there wasn't a call center of maybe your office managers not being able to get to the calls? Well, well, it's probably one of hard the, to really track, but it's hard to track. But but one of the things was we knew that there were times when calls weren't coming we in, weren't getting yeah. to the or we call. weren't getting to the calls, or we get a voicemail, right? Mm -hmm. And the voicemail two weeks later, and we know we get the voicemail that day, but we call. It, what's happening is the patient's calling, calling a list, and they mm -hmm. call. Option number one, and if they get they get the voicemail, then what do they do? They call option number two, and we may get that voicemail ten minutes later. We call that patient back, and they say, "Well, you know, we scheduled I scheduled somewhere else because you didn't answer." Yeah. So we were like, so "Okay, true. we got we need to address this issue." And the call center is backed up by the the way the phone system is set up. We've kind of potted the local offices, so if that call is ringing in from Brick to the call center. And the call center is tied up, and they're not able to get to it. It's ringing back to Brick, and also over there in Manasquan and Wall. Wait, hold on. So, they're they're geographically knowing they're in Brick, or they're calling Brick location. The patient, well, the patient might call Brick. They they may call the call center hotline number, but then they call they Brick, call it gets Brick. kicked to the call center. Well, they'll have an option. It's like if you're a new patient looking to schedule an evaluation, press That's one. Right. If you're an existing patient, just for a follow-up appointment, hold the line and it'll ring. You know, and, then, and then the phone system tells the call center as the call comes in, the phone system says, this, Where is, they're a, coming this from. is a brick caller yeah. coming in. So now the call center answers and they know that it's someone that wants to schedule for brick. Hey, how you doing, Ryan? Is that because they called the brick office? Uh, or is that because, because the geo it knows the geographic tag? The, the call initially, if the call initially went to the brick office and they press one to Got it. For the new patient it scheduling, it, yeah. it identifies it. I'll say that'd be really shocking. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they know where they're calling from. They already know. They do know. But but all of all of our phones between all the offices are are um, they're all in the cloud, right? So it's a cloud-based mm -hmm. phone system, and so we have three-digit extensions for all the offices. 
the nice thing about the call center is we have Tam. Tam. Tam's the best. Awesome. Awesome girl. Was a rock star office manager. This was a this was an opportunity for her to move up, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing about the company growing, and, and I'll, I'll get back to Tam in a second. I wanna, yeah, I, I the do company growing has that. provided a lot of opportunities for other people to elevate and to get better opportunities within the company. Right? If you haven't watched the podcast with Matt Catania and his explaining of the Jersey Mike system and doing that exact thing is promoting within. That's, that's been I the mean, motivation. The motivation for growth is opportunity for the awesome if you're helping that person down your totem pole make more money guess what you're making more money yeah right yeah totally and 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 if you came to our headquarters and you saw our invite me yet (laughs) after tonight you burned it tonight (laughs) uh you'd see you see our our whole billing team every one of the girls on our billing team was an office manager right and they've they've elevated to the billing team our hr director nicole she was an office manager our controller, Lisa, was an office manager. We have regional uh, admin directors, office managers. We have a, our director of AIDS, right? She was originally an aide, right? I, I think everybody in our corporate office, Sydney and Tam in the, in the call center, office managers. Where is your corporate office? It's in, it's in, a, it's in Wall, but it has a secret address, kind of like you <laughs> in, in Point Pleasant with a Point Pleasant with a bad address, or flipped in Bay yeah, with a Point yeah, yeah. Our COO was a staff therapist, then a clinical director, then an area director, and just killed it all the way along. And it, it's it's it's. I think at some point you're 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 trying to make money, right? Yeah, we're trying to make money yeah. because of Well, you have to because otherwise you fail. Then we're gonna lose. Employment for 180, 90, 200 people mm-hmm. if we don't make money. Yeah. Know? That's the thing. But I, I'm saying even at first, you're trying to make money. Yeah. Then you start to build a staff. And then you're like, are these staff doing the right things for us to continue to make money and grow? And then I think there's a mind shift that happens, at least from what I've watched in organizations I've been close to and a part of. And, and a lot of guys and girls that I've interviewed it, it, it shifts because you know that you're making money, you still want to go to the next level, but you want to bring all these people that have helped you get to where you are. Yeah, someone someone reached down and pulled us up, and we want to reach yeah. down and pull somebody else up. It's, it's, it's everything. It it's, and that's the reward. Yeah. And you're right. It's like, so we redesigned our compensation <clears throat> model for the clinical team. And and basically, without getting in the weeds, it's like for the clinical director, it's based on their targets that we talked about mm-hmm. for their office. But in order for the for the director to win, every individual staff therapist has to win on their comp model. Mm-hmm. If they all win on their comp model, that clinical director wins. In order for the area director to win, the only way the area director is going to win is if all of the clinical directors. It's all, it makes everybody get down on top of the, the, the layer below. I win if you win. Mm-hmm. And, and then if you trace it all the way back, the, the COO is on the same exact model. The only way that COO is going to win is if each of those area director wins. And the only way that, that the company wins is if all Everyone of them wins. win. You know? so, yeah. That's really cool. That's really you know, a model I think a lot of people get away from and again in small business because you know we're running around doing you know too many things and you lose sight of like you need to take care of your people and it's you know it is hard to do at times because you are stretched thin but you guys seem like 
You're doing a great job with it. Talk mm. about the growth of your business, right? Going back 10 years, you know, let's say you guys are doing five to $8 million of revs. How did you have that growth? What were you actually doing? Were you going out and acquiring these people? Were you raising capital? Was it, you know, putting together the money yourself, dealing with banks? You know, talk a little bit about that for those people who want to scale. I mean, the old, the joke running for a long time was that, um, and, and this is before we, either of us, but certainly me, figured out how to, how to delegate. It was like, if it was just me, Atlantic, we'd be sitting in freehold where we started, <laughs> and that would be it. So are so, you admitting that you're a control freak? Oh, yeah. I was. <laughs> no. I was yeah. a control freak. If it was just Dave Atlantic, we'd be in all 50 states and a couple foreign countries. We'd, we'd be, be like, like Dubai, Jersey Mike's. Dubai physical therapy. <laughs> he's, he's writing down Peter's model. <laughs> so you guys are a great, a, a great combination. Like he's like jokester, sweet talker. You're a super genuine, nice guy, but you could tell your brain ticks a little bit different than his and great compliments to yeah, each other. It works. It's always been that way. Um, Crazy as, as brothers too. I, it, it's yeah. it works because like I don't mess with what he's doing. I don't mess with what he doesn't mess with what I'm doing. It's 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 really two and, and, distinct roles. Right? And get, you know, get, we'll get back. See my ADDs jumping around. We'll get yeah. back to the you know how you guys scaled. But talk about your wives a little bit. And I like to give the, the wives some love. I know my wife. You saw her. My she's, she's awesome. in there. She's ready to pop <laughs> any minute. Yeah. And she's got a two-year-old, as you guys see, jumping from stool to stool. <laughs> you guys, are, you know, your wives are doing that at home with four kids and three kids. Talk a little bit about their roles in the business. Don't know how, you know, I'll speak for Lauren. I don't know how she does it. She works, too. She, she's, uh, her and her dad have a business that they run. And uh, What know, is their business? You guys shop them out. They engineered air filters. They sell air filters to commercial buildings. All right. Um, but they need to hook up with uh, Jersey State Controls. For, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. They're a huge uh, controller. They do a lot of the, uh, you know, what it, it's really like creating the panels and the operations to a lot of these large entities. So schools. they're calling on the same places. That, yeah, the, most likely. Yeah. Building managers, yeah. chief engineers. Yeah, and, and she's more patient than anybody I've ever met. Like, she's always... You know, and I come home for like in five minutes and stuff's just going yeah, on. Right, it's like, ah, you know, and she's just level and awesome and, um, you know, always been supportive no matter what. And kind of just trust, Yeah. you know, all along the way. It is trust. It's trust. Right? Because you're Cause going It takes through, a lot of faith to. Yeah, you're taking a lot of risk. You got stress. You know, there's times where it's like, well, you guys are opening up another office? Like, what? Yeah, what's why, going on? Why? Yeah, just trying to help your people you know, win. Yeah, and honestly, as we've as we've grown as individuals, and as we've worked on our mindsets, and you know, it's gotten better. There, there was a time when it was rough, when it was horrible. Like yeah. for me, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish upon anybody that's working for the company to go through some of those patches that I've gone through. But it helps me. I'm glad I went through them because I'll guard against putting someone else through that patch. So. But she was along for the ride through all that. Yeah, and she yeah. never guilted me like with you're not around here. I guilted myself about it, but she yeah. never she could have layered that on and it would have crushed me probably. She never did. She never she I'm, was like I'm gonna get to you in a second, but yeah. I wanna talk on that. 
because that's something I fear, right? I have been around a lot, but I could see that this is having its own explosion of growth for, for Evan and I, and my business itself is indirectly benefiting from it. And, you know, just more and more time out there. And there's, there's a cap and a limit on what I want to make and what I want to do in life to create that financial freedom. But I'm like, man, I don't, there's a couple older guys, I won't mention their names, that are in their 70s, and they're like, man, I... Oh, I thought you were talking about us. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, older guys, meaning like 70, that have been like, you know, I wasn't around enough because I was, you know, so caught up in the business. You know, I would say guard, you know, guard against it if you can. Yeah. You know, you have to, really. I've learned to schedule family time. You're not going to miss an important work appointment, mm -hmm. right? You, you can't. won't. You can't. Yeah, you can't. But you need to schedule time, the family time, almost and protect it as fiercely because it's easy because I sleep here mm -hmm. or because I, you know, leave here in the morning or I come back here at night. It's easy to kind of like cannibalize your time here for like the betterment of the, uh, yeah. doing it for us. But like, it doesn't feel like us for them. Yeah. You know? So you I've, get home, you're on the phone, you're dealing with emails. Yeah. You know? So I've scheduled time and blocked it off as if it was it's work. like, Client A1 meeting, you know, and, and then protect it that way and just be unavailable for whatever comes. And it's time well spent. And, and so I have a unique perspective from the, uh, the older clients. I tell the younger workers, like those older clients who are, you know, 90, 88, the closer you get to the end of your journey, whatever your journey is, the more clarity you, you have. Yeah, there's no, there's the no whole, BS. They have no BS, and they they're looking back and seeing it all for what it is, and they give you like clarity. Real and talk. If, if they and if you're doing a service like you're helping them like with their knee or whatever it is, they they want to help you back. Yeah. So like they they tell you the truth. They they tell they'll you, hit the, you truth with the truth as hard as it needs to hit you, you know. Yeah. And and, uh, and they'll tell you, you know, like <laughs> you look like you're shaking over there. We get the fire going. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> You know, protect that time as much as you can. And there's, yeah. and, and I talk about this all the time. It's like, for a long time, I was frustrating myself think, thinking like work-life balance. Talk about work-life balance. balance. yeah. Like, we picture it as like this static point, like work and life. That's not it. Like, yeah. if I tried it's to balance, blend too. It, it falls and it, and it falls. So there's times when it's going to fall over here. That just tells you at some point you've got to fall back over here. Yeah. And, and COVID was like a, a blessing almost. Yeah, well, it was a great example. It fell, like if, if work was on that side and life was on this side, during COVID, for me personally, for all, all of us really, we fell deep into the life side, which was amazing. Home every night for dinner, family movies, all that stuff. It was incredible I was home for, for my son's first year of his life. And, Working from and the bar. Would you ever give that back? That's no, amazing, it was, right? It was cool. Awesome. My wife was too. But She's a teacher. I knew, and it certainly came true. It had to come back the other way. It was going to go way over here and pin itself here. Yeah. Like but a pendulum. Was, but I was okay when it went there because I had the perspective of like, hey, listen, I had all that. Whereas like old me, it was like pinned here, and, and I never knew to even bring it back here. You yeah, know? Like, it gave you that time to slow down yeah. and see that through different lens. Talk about... Your wife and yeah, family life a little bit. So there was a time 
I know you keep, you were calling call me coach, but there was a time when I was I, so when you I you look like a coach though. I, well, right <laughs> now yeah. I do because I came from a baseball game. <laughs> exactly, coach. Uh, but no, there was a time when I was coaching basketball at Monsignor Donovan High School, uh, and my firstborn, my daughter Marley was born. She's fourteen now, and uh, I would leave the house in the morning. I don't know, five a.m. Go to the gym, work out. At that point in time, our office was in Freehold, or our, our headquarters. Well, it was, uh, you know, it was a little little cubby in the back corner in Freehold. So I would go to Freehold, work all day. Then I would come home. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I wouldn't come home. I would work until like 7.30 at night and then go to basketball practice to coach at Donovan from 7.30 until 9. And I get home 9.30 or 10 o'clock. You know, at the end of practice, talk to the coaches, get home at 9.30 at night. And I was trying to balance... Well, I wasn't balancing anything. I was, I wanted to coach. I loved coaching, but I had to work in this business that was so busy. And unfortunately, Sue, my wife, took the brunt of it. And there was a point when, I don't know, I, you know, I, my daughter was started talking or something like that, and and uh, I was like, oh man, I got to change this. I missed it. I yeah, missed something. I missed something, or I'm gonna, and, or my second daughter was born, and Marley was only two at that point, or something like that, and uh, and Sue was so good about it, and so supportive, but you know, I I kind of think that she she sacrificed for the betterment of like the family. a lot of the spouses in our company, whether it's a it's a husband or a wife, because she because we learned from that, right? And we were pop mentality, right? Yeah. Just work, 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 work. But at some point it changed and we started working on this work-life balance. And Sue, for me, was the guiding light on that and taught me that. And although she took the brunt of it too, I, I appreciate that she did that. But she, we also talked through that and she helped me understand that. And now our employees, they're not getting the grind like we had the grind because of people like Sue. And uh, Do you ever have the wives come in and drop down and talk a little bit of the wives' role? My my, my ex-partner, retired, Jim Artenzo, he's a very sharp guy. Um, he would put together a breakfast for the wives of the firm. And they would talk to them about numbers and targets and what you're doing and, cool. and how how much your support of hey maybe a late night out with the boys or you know yeah. early saturday round of golf or whatever it may be to get the job done you know he would talk about what we were doing and it, and it really i i think brought the the wives in and, and make them feel a part of it and it wasn't yeah. fake it was no, real yeah. like hey we know that you're pissed that they're out you know working and you're at home with the kids but almost like a support group yeah it's a great idea it, yeah it really was so you know shout out yeah. to jim we actually just uh this new business line we're working on this functional capacity evaluation company um really interesting we we're talking yeah, about that before well I'd, I'd like to get into that a little bit just because of my wife um so this company we took over this company called kinematic consultants uh this guy bob wainwright right here in point right here in point has been doing kinem it's called kinematic consultants it's a functional capacity evaluation company explain that a little bit in layman's terms a functional capacity evaluation is like a lie detector for injuries 
right? Mostly in the workers' comp field. So somebody gets hurt on the job, they can't work because of the injury. It's getting to that point where they're supposed to come back to work. Mm -hmm. Maybe that person, maybe not, says they're not ready to come back to work. Pool looks good. Or or, or they want to prove. Yeah, right, right. Beers they, look cold. Right. <laughs> or they want. Or some people want to prove that they're ready to come back to work. So yes. it's it's on both sides of it. Uh, this company, it's it, it's really cool. It has some really cool technology. It's all uh, motion capture analysis. So it captures motion, and then there's this, all these algorithms that run on the motion that say whether, you know, you do 30-second increments of motion, and if that motion deviates by more than 10% in these 30-second increments, and there's a bunch of movements that you get put Who through. Who creates those, those metrics from that? Does that come down from the... I don't this, know if it's the CDC. I'm not a medical professional, but like no, the so, well, this software. It's biomechanical movement software, bioanalysis software, where they put nodes on the body. Anyway, it was developed by this awesome scientist, this guy Gideon Ariel. He's a world-renowned creator. He created universal gyms. He created he uh, created the first Olympic training center. He worked with NASA. I mean, the guy the guy's amazing. He lives in California. Sounds. Crazy intelligent. Really cool. Yeah. Older gentleman. He's about 82 years old. But my family and I, we were on we were on Easter break. We were in California and visiting my my wife's sister. And my wife and I had breakfast with Gideon, who lives Gideon area, who lives That's in California. Awesome. Him and his wife. Did you track him down after? No, uh, he, Gideon and Bob, who we who we just recently partnered up with. Bob and Gideon are best friends. So Bob connected us. We knew we were going out there. We had breakfast with him. And it was so cool to have my wife with me because she was just enthralled in this guy. And, and he actually had a book. He gave us the book. And she was reading it on vacation. And she is so, like, dialed in now. And, and as our kids are getting older, she's getting more time. She's getting so, interested. So she's getting interested. And it's like we – and she's definitely put in her time to allow me to do things. But she's, like, so engaged in this. And we're and my goal is to bring her into this and let her learn about the technology. And That's cool. See if there's a way that that she could help even come to meetings or seminars and things like that, so she can learn about it and help us promote it. She was a pharmaceutical rep before kids, and she I'm sure she can. Outgoing and bubbly. She can sell. She can you sell. Buy anything she anybody. sells. Yeah. yeah. She is. She's awesome. Some so, people are natural sales. Yeah. You should just you know drill down on. So that. it's it's an exciting opportunity because she's excited, and when she gets excited about something. She's into it. Yeah, let her so, let her run with it. So yeah, so this I, I see this as an opportunity to kind of give back to her. To it's get, cool to hear you say yeah. that because I think about that for my wife Kelly. She's super intelligent. She's a math mind. She's the type of person that will drive through New York City and could quickly count the glass panes on on the high rises. She's very intelligent. Right. Uh, masters in math and special ed. And uh, number one, she's like my editor of you know the podcast descriptions if it's not evan i don't i don't write well i don't spell well um you know things i bounce off her all the time it's you know kind of an unpaid position right <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah. it's super valuable and uh i'd love to see her be a part of my business so it's cool yeah to hear you say that. i i think there's a really good opportunity for her with this and i'm so, excited for it yeah so so jumping back and that's yeah, great sorry. to hear about Jump your wife no yeah. I, I wanted to you know let the wives get some love and um the, the growth of your company, how did you guys do that? Was it through acquiring loans, bringing oh, yeah. on capital? Uh, initially, it was just startups, and we funded it internally. So just open up a new office, come Cash out of Cash flow, supported it, and, and we just got it up that and way. 
Um, then we, we made a real small acquisition that we could take care of. And, and then a bigger acquisition we did with some equity for the person we were acquiring. Then the, the big changing point, I think, for us, for sure, was my first boss, who I worked for for two and a half, three years, left on great terms. We had a great relationship. He had transitioned his business but still held a piece of it. And, and then the majority partner was looking to sell that business off. And, and he really, he called us and, and he said, listen, this, this is an opportunity. I want, I want my people to be taken care of and I know you guys will take care of them. And he brought that opportunity to us and we were able to put that whole thing together. And we didn't take on any debt to do that, right? You did it again out of like just revs and some equity? Well, uh, he, we gave up some equity and, and he, what he did was he forgave notes to the he, he ripped up person notes. He took a chance him. on us. So, f so for the people who maybe don't understand, gave up equity, explain that a little bit, what you mean. Yeah, so instead of paying, instead of going to our pocket and paying cash or going to the bank and getting a loan, we traded, we took down our percentage of ownership and, and offered. He goes away, retires. But he still collects a paycheck as as, a, oh, as a, an he's owner been, in a sense. He's, active, he's, he's been active. He's, very active he's been in involved the too. Oh, all right, that's great. Even yeah, it's even better. And and for me, it was like putting the band back together again. You know, it was like I always he was always a mentor to me and and sure. just a great. Uh, and what is his name? Joe Casino. Joe Casino. So so his company. He should own a casino. I mean, Joe yep. Casino. All right. <laughs> I mean, that's a great name. He uh, it was Southern Ocean Physical Therapy. And, uh, Down in like Atlanta County, Southern. He was kind of in, in, uh, Ocean, in Ocean, Ocean County, and a little bit yeah. in uh, Manahawkin, up through Lacey, Lakewood, Tom's River, Lakewood. Um, you guys know it, Dr. Greg I had on the show. Dr. Greg, he's a podiatrist. What's the last name? Um, I always butcher it, man. He's gonna be mad at me if he watches. This Is one. it a theorist? It's 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 close to Manzo. Oh. What's what's oh. Dr. Greg's last name? Uh, Is it Manzo? Mysterio? Mozzi? Damn it. Find it out. I don't think we know him. <laughs> He's got a surgery center down there, him and his brother, too. Maybe another great guy. In what town? With. He's down in Atlanta County. Um, so we're not down that far. We're not that no. far. No. No. Yeah, yeah. No. All right. He's, he's got a pretty big business down there. But he actually just opened up a up here? coffee shop. Oh, really? Started roasting beans, kind of. Getting tired of being the a doctor. The place you were just talking about? DV Tree? No, no Port Coffee. DV Tree and Port, they're always oh, the, the two I go between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're competing for Ryan's business. But, you know, him and his wife, she was a director of the, uh, the, the new doctors coming in, and he was a podiatrist in that system. And I think, I think Rothman bought him and his brother out to okay. some degree. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, dude, I just want to roast coffee beans. Really, really, really yeah. good dude. Good you guys should connect just because just yeah. the best cold brew around. Sorry, DB Tree. You got a lot of other better things than he does. <laughs> Mazada. 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 Oh, yeah. He's in Manahawk. He's in Manahawk. Manahawk. Yeah. 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 yeah, we know we know him. Yeah. I, I keep saying Atlantic County. I think it's Atlantic. Maybe it's the Atlantic Healthcare System. Yeah, I'm Atlantic yep. Care. Atlantic yep. Care, yeah. maybe. Um, you deal with him at all? Yeah. Great, yeah, great, great guy. We're great guy. right down the street from him in uh, Manahawken. Let's let's do coffee. You know, one. We'll, uh, we have to go to his coffee place. One Thursday or Friday, we'll do it early in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll catch Greg. Great dude. Great soccer player. Yeah, really? a soccer player. <laughs> Still sliding to the soccer. 
So you guys were really sitting here and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm using internal cash flows. And that's, that's also rare too, because a lot of times in your space, what I've discovered um, is a lot of the VC come in, right? And they're like, hey, your revs are X, I can give you Y. What deterred you guys from going that route? We've, mm. we've looked at it from every angle and, and we always preface the conversation. So private equity is all over our space, mm -hmm. all over it. Big time. Big, big, Why? big time. Because they've looked at physical therapy as a fragmented industry, a lot of mom and pop. You know, yeah. They, they, they could pull it together. They like the demographics, yep. you know, the aging population. There's no, there's no competition. The fragment creates right. no so, competition. So that we can acquire, we can, <clears throat> yep. we can invest and inquire, acquire, that's how they, they kind of view it. And, and the, the population dynamics, uh, and, and it's a low cost of entry. You know, you can open up a PT office, it's, I don't know, $150,000 is your startup. So like, they like, they like all that stuff. We looked at it, we take every conversation and we preface the conversation as we are not interested, but we would love to talk to you because we know you're smarter than we are. We're open-minded, we can learn something. And yeah. we've learned from all of them. And we looked at it deeply as being acquired by a strategic who's already done the deal with private equity and they would tuck us in. We looked at it um, as us being the platform that a private equity company would back. We looked at it from kind of strategically kind of combining with another similar to us. But every time we looked at it, it's like the, the factors that we really weigh any opportunity against are you the entity or the are potential you partner? Anymore? Well, not even not that, that, not yeah. even that. Are you going to enable us to provide better opportunities for our staff while you take care of them as well as we do? That's one, if you check that box, now we're gonna continue the conversation. Are you gonna enable us to provide a better outcome for our clients? If you check those two boxes, we will, we will doggedly pursue that opportunity but and the finances will take care of themselves we know that 100 percent. but we haven't found that yet so we'll keep looking if do you it's guys look to, to exit it at one one point right you're building this monstrosity and and again it's okay at some point you're you've worked hard your families are you know financially free and everybody's definition of that is different you know, you know it was it was interesting the, the one time that we really went down the path with the strategic we weren't looking for it. We weren't at a conference, met some guys, a like great relationship, these guys from up in New York, and you know, a little conversation started. We weren't pursuing anything. It was all of a sudden, you just, know, bam, we're just bam, in it. We're in <laughs> it. <laughs> went, went to a sporting event with them, yeah. hung out with them. Yeah, they played all game. These guys are cool. He talked to you right <laughs> in. Talked to us right in. He's got the brewery hat on. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And then, so, so we were at this meeting, and uh, you know, the guys are like, they kind of are presenting an offer. I, I, in my mind, that was we weren't there, and my my response was like, we wouldn't even think about it unless you offered the X, mm -hmm. which was like in my, in in our minds crazy. And then eventually they worked their way around to offering X, X. which <clears throat> then puts you into this place where you're yeah, like, like, oh my oh, gosh, shit, we're supposed to are, do this. Are now. we supposed yeah. to do this? A lot of soul searching going on at that point. Both of us. We, we, it was it was exhausting in that you couldn't stop thinking about it. I want to go work out so I don't think about it. You can't stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. What about my, this is amazing for my family, but what about the employees? Well, how about the patients, you know? 
And uh, to his credit, the then CEO of that acquiring company, we had a great conversation. I called him and, and I was like, listen, I'm struggling here. I can't, I, I can't yeah, sleep. He's stressing me out. I can't like, he goes, okay. And this is great for anybody who's ever sitting in a difficult this decision. This is good stuff, yeah. So, so and, and uh, shout out to Adam. Uh, I mean, he's lo I love that guy. Awesome. Is he still the CEO? No longer there. He got, so the, as the uh, story turns out. He's on to bigger and better. He's on to bigger and All better. Right. But he got clear, so he he, him the and the whole team got clear. So, so Adam tells me, he says, uh, hey, listen, you're making this all woe is me. This is so heavy. It's such a difficult decision. He's like, I know it is. I sat in your seat, like, you know, five years ago. He's like, but he's like, hit the pause button for a second. Reframe the decision. He's like, 99% of the population would give anything to have the opportunity to make this decision. It's not a bad thing. There's no bad outcome here. Mm -hmm. You know, like you say, yes, it's great. You say, no, it's still great. Yeah, you know? no big so deal. Like, but don't think of it as a bad thing. Think of it as a great thing. Well, when you uh, care about your people, your patients, right? And I've, I've talked about this all the time, PPP. People, process, you know, yeah. product. You know, it, people are, are so important in your lives that have helped you guys obtain what you have. Yeah. You start to feel like, am I a dirtbag? Am yeah. I doing the wrong thing? Yeah. If it was good for us and bad for them, I don't care how much money, it would have felt like blood money. I would want to vomit every time something bad happened to them. You know? Yeah, that's who I am. So the way that he, he helped me reframe it, I was like, oh my God. He's like, it's not, this is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. It means you're doing Just something Just think right. of it that way. So we hung up the phone and in a second, I had instant clarity. We're not doing the deal. <laughs> he didn't know he talked him out of the deal. He talked me right out of the deal. <laughs> yeah. And, but but just reframing the decision into like, oh my God, this is amazing. What an amazing opportunity. We're not doing this. Mm -hmm. Whereas up until that moment, for five, six, seven, I don't know how many days, it was couldn't find clarity on the decision. It turned out to be the right decision in that Adam and his whole team by the private equity group, they cleared them all out, like mm -hmm. within two months, they were gone. So the people that we would have been anchoring to, that they might we have loved, been, they might have been reaching for you to save them. <laughs> who knows? You don't know. Bit, yeah, we were but, the deal. Yeah, you know, but we've knows, said yeah. no, and, and those are the reasons why we've said no. Yeah, that that's that's a great story, and yeah. that's that's awesome nuggets. I got a great another another great one because he's talking about our people. One of our, one of the va really, really valued members on my team, right, came to me yesterday, and she told me, she, and she's, what is she, ten years younger than me, so she's thirty-four. When she came on, when she was part of that deal, Mike was talking about from his old boss that we brought together. Mm -hmm. So that was two thousand and thirteen. So, so she's thirty-four. Minus, you know what is that? She was twenty five when she came on with us right she just paid off all her college loans it's awesome and she, i mean she's really sharp she owns a house uh, she bought a house and this all this has happened in in the time that i've known her and she got her masters at monmouth it's awesome fun to girl. celebrate your people yeah. but like she's a bulldog mm -hmm. awesome girl mm -hmm. and she told me i just finished paying off my college loans and she just cleared up free cash flow like she attacked them mm -hmm. for for the time that i've known her because and that's a nobody paid thing for, to attack nobody yeah. paid for her masters right she did it herself and then she paid off all her loans and attacked them 
and so now she's like off and running and it was just so cool to hear that is, like we were high-fiving in the office yeah. because of that listen really cool. you're 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 providing this job for these people that's something in her life that she'll remember forever finish paying those stupid college loans that to free suck. up to free up that loan those loan payments yeah, probably 14 1500 bucks a month if yeah. not more yeah and if she and if she wasn't it was more than that if she wasn't attacking them the way they were she'd probably still have them for 10 more years yeah and now she's free and clear and like she's off to the races now like the and you guys helped her do that well, she did it. Her, she, she she earned it. She got her education. She proved herself. She she's ascended to a, a level where, yeah, she's she's unbelievable. Really, it's great. Well, listen, I like to tie this up and yeah. and and ask you know two main questions at the end. Um, the first one is for each of you. What is one thing you would tell a young business owner? Um, that's starting anything today. It doesn't have to be in your industry. I'll let you go first. Uh, I would just, I, I would say, listen, like, the golden rule that we all learn, it's like, treat everybody the way you want to be treated. If you do that, you're, you're getting there. And it, it's easy to say, sometimes it's hard to do. Very hard to do. If you do that, you're going to win at whatever you're doing. <laughs> don't be afraid to work hard sometimes you got to work excessively hard and beat yourself down question hard <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. crazy hard stressed out but make sure that you schedule time for yourself because if you burn yourself out then whether it's the client that you're trying to service or your family or it's your family or it's your team you're not going to be the best version of yourself. So you have to kind of like, the time. The best time spent is building yourself up so that you can be better for all of those people who rely on you. And I've talked about this a few times. So for people who haven't heard me say it that may see this episode, like sometimes I, I, I believe in sprints and counterbalance. If you've yes. read the book, you're, you're doing this. Yeah. It reminded me of the book called The One Thing. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, if you haven't read it, great book. And, you know, my wife and I love the mountains. We love to shoot up to, you know, out west to Colorado or just up to the Catskills or Vermont, you know, especially in the wintertime. I just get clarity up there. Yeah. I, I get back to, to a little bit of, of zen, spend time with my wife, or, or now it will be my family. Yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's so important to me because I get to a, a phase where, like, I'm at edge. You know, yep. there's nothing you can say to me that's going to calm me down. I've just been running, running, running. And... I've learned over the years when I'm getting to that point. You see your own trigger. Yeah, it's a like, pattern. Yeah, yeah, It's a pattern. It's like, let me correct this pattern. Yep. Let me not fall back into it. Um, what about you? Give us, give us one or two things. So I would say, well, obviously what Mike said, right? But I, uh, I would also say, like, set your targets and track your, track your progress toward that, tar toward that target. It's so important. Right? Because if you have a target, whether it's here or here, wherever your target is, if you're not tracking your progress toward that target, you're not going to know where you are yeah. on, on your on your path to it. So, set that target and make sure you track it and check in with yourself and see where you are. And I guarantee you're going to get to that target. Talk about like so, something basic for a young business owner. You know, how would they set it up? Would it be a basic Excel sheet? Would it be, you know, something you could do on an app? It depends on. I guess it depends on the business, right? But um, it could be a revenue target. It could be 
in our, in our in our business early on, we had a visit target and that we sell. Yeah. Visits and evals. Visits and evals. So evals drive visits, right? We called it the gravy train. And so, like, if we hit that number of evals or that number of visits. It's going to lead to X amount of. Everyone will get a bonus, yep. whoever was working in the office. And and we just had, it was a sticky note that was on the wall. And it's like, okay, we hit that. If we beat that, it's a gravy train for everybody. Mm-hmm. If we hit that again and we beat it, you know, so I believe in, like, also write it down. Just write it down, mm-hmm. put it out there, yeah. set it, write it, talk about it. You know, I was going to say, whatever your mechanism of tracking is, your metrics, that's your target, right? Set that target and reach for it. Make it, make it something that you don't think is going to happen. We did that. I forget. It was right when Kev, when our COO had started with us, we set this crazy target. We had a girl that was working for us that had previously worked for Carnival Cruise Lines. And we were like, we're setting this visit target out here. And if we hit it, we're all, we're all going on a cruise. You stuck your foot in your mouth, didn't you? They got me at Leggett's one night. <laughs> and that's when, the, when yeah. I was like, yeah, we, we'll go on a cruise. cruise yeah. <laughs> and it was like a, it was a reach, a total reach. It was never going to happen. And we hit it. It was and like, all of a sudden, oh, getting, shit, we hit it. Where'd you go on the cruise? It was a cruise to nowhere. From Miami, <laughs> from Miami, from Miami to, to like, the Bahamas. To, yeah, Bahamas is beautiful, back. though. Oh, it was Atlantis. We were at Atlantis. Yeah. It was awesome. Bahamas it was, is beautiful. It was a good, uh, good party. Good party. I, I'm, I'm doing my ADD, but it just popped back in my head, and we talked about it earlier. I want to talk about, you know, leverage. So you guys had talked about, you know, the in-network stuff. And, you know, when you're going in-network, for people who don't know the medical field is – you're essentially getting paid less yeah. versus out of network, and it's it's, it's counter it's counterintuitive, right? Yeah, the what's patients. the percentage probably difference? So say AJ oh. versus you guys on a Let, let's say street or PT. street rate to to out of network rates probably you're getting a third in network, maybe a half, somewhere in there. Yeah, in that range, yeah. 40, depends. Forty percent, fifty percent. Yeah, that's a that's a big difference. Most patients are like, wait, but if if you're in their network and they know who you are, why would they pay you less? I'm like, exactly, you know. But that's the way it is. So we decided long ago in the beginning that we're gonna we're gonna play the long game. We'd rather be in network. It just it's easier for the client and for whatever reason. Proved ourselves, grow. As we grew, we represented a bigger population that we were serving. Go back to the payer and say, hey, we want to stay in your network, but we can't do it for this price anymore. Whereas in the beginning, it was like year by year, we'd get the... This is what you get. We'd get two letters from, yeah. from Aetna. One as a, uh, when we had them as our health insurance provider for us and our employees, and one as a provider in their network. And it would be like, you're, it's going to cost you more to, to provide these health benefits for your patients. And then the other letter would be like, we're paying you less. Like, what the, you know? Yeah. So, and we would have to accept it because we'd say, we can't do it for that. And they would say, well, then you don't, yeah, can't go be in our network, yeah. you know? And we were scared to go out of the network. So kudos to those who, you know, did it the other way. But we played the long game. As we got a bigger voice, we were able to negotiate contracts. More leverage on them. Proved our, our outcomes. The other part of that though, yeah, Mike just hit it. Like, we track our data, right? So we have our outcomes and we and we say, we are getting people better, better 
mm -hmm. right? So here's the general PT clinics, and here's where we are. We're we, outperforming. And we do it in fewer visits. Right? So for that reason, and by the way, our patients, here's how happy our patients are. So we show them all Because you can see data. that patient 10 times versus three, same dollar amount. Well, no. the insurance company. Well, right, versus the out of network. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Going, there you go again with tracking in your systems. It's yeah. all data. Yeah, it's yeah. all uh, data. Data is important. Kudos to you guys. Yeah. That's cool. I, I just wanted to circle back to that. Yeah, no, I know we talked about that off, got, off yeah. there. Right? Guys, I, I really appreciate you coming here. It's awesome. Very busy dads, husbands. Business owners. Great spending time with you. Yeah. Appreciate it. This is going to be watched by especially all my technical guys. We got real technical. Some, it's storytelling. You guys were able to give up a lot of your, your business, you know, secrets per se. And I appreciate that because it will help a lot of people. It's awesome. Cheers again. Pleasure. Cheers. It's great. Thank you, brother. Great it's conversation. Great. Thank you so much. Hopefully, have another beer soon. <laughs> Thank you, too. Cheers to Evan. Yeah. Evan, yeah. Yeah. Sure.